0: Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon.
1: Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon. We're broadcasting from Fountain Hills, Arizona, and I am really absolutely delighted that you've joined us today. Whether you're listening on the lot to the live show or the download later, uh, know that we're really happy to have you with us. Go to the Self-Improvement blog at some point, See the picture of our guest, read his bio, look at the videos there, you will be glad you did. Two weeks ago we had Robert Williams on, and if you didn't hear the show, I encourage you to do so. If you did hear the show, you heard about how he learned to play the saxophone when he was a child, he played later with the Beach Boys studied Transcendental Meditation, had near-death experiences, and had what I would call a very dark night of the soul. He told his story in his new book, Love is the Power, and I really encourage you to get that book and read his story. His story is so compelling. And your response was so positive that I wanted him to come back and talk about his work, about Quantum Code, and about his company, 108. His research has provided scientific breakthroughs in field-based technologies, consciousness, and human potential. And there's never been a time when we needed this work more. His website is loveisthepower.com. I encourage you to take a look there. loveisthepower.com Robert O. Williams is considered one of the world's foremost experts in subtle energy engineering and technology. He's an inventor, musician, and educator. He lectures at leading universities and is the inventor and developer of quantum code technology. In addition to teaching music at the university level, Robert recorded and performed with such artists as the Beach Boys, Paul Horn, and Charles Lloyd, he has worked with prominent scientists, including Dr. William Tiller, Dr. Beverly Rubik, Dr. Rustum Roy, and Dr. Stuart Krasner. He is the author of *Love Is the Power*, *One Man's Journey to Heal the Heart of Humanity*, and if the heart of humanity ever needed healing, it truly is now. I am so excited to have him back. Robert, welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show.
2: Irene, it's such a pleasure to be back. It's your, your, your show and your community, very powerful, very beautiful, and it's a, it's a joy to be back with you.
1: Oh, thank you so much. We're not going to ask you that question today, who are you? Because we spent a program on that last week, and you have such a story. If you didn't hear it last week, listeners, I really encourage you to go back um, to, I think it was September 30th, 31st, um, that show, the last show in September, and listen to his story uh, you will be so glad you did. We're going to start right out um, by asking this. You say, the title of your book is, Love is the Power. So how do you define love? And what is what is it the power for? The power for what, Robert? <laughs> nice what a, question.
2: <laughs> I love that question, Irene. I love that question. So, yes, love and power are common words, right? And they're used in many, many different ways. So yeah. the love that I'm uh, referring to is an all-encompassing essence. It's a, it's a reality at the basis of all other realities. It's a state of consciousness that many have awakened to, in the past and more and more every day it is something that is the closest thing that I see that uh, illustrates this quality of love is, is a mother's love to her newborn and um, that love is unconditional she's not thinking what's in it for her or the father's not thinking what's in it for, for him um, so we all know that we've seen that Even more than that is this uh, essence, this prior essence that is growing like or moving like a sap up a plant. So let's say you have a rose bush, right, and and, and the the blossoming hasn't occurred, but we've, we've seen it before. So we know that if we nourish the rose plant, there's going to be some beautiful flower there, hopefully. And there's other conditions. We know but the sap goes upwards, it, it is innate. It, it literally goes against gravity. It has the power, um, so back to the word power. There's all kinds of power. And unfortunately, most of the time, maybe it's just me, but I hear the word used in a, in a, in a negative connotation. But the power for a plant to burst through soil and even concrete and go upwards towards the sun, that's natural power, and it's the same power that our own bodies are utilizing, the same energy our, our bodies are utilizing to, um, to heal and to grow. You know, back in a quick one, I think most of us remember back in um, chemistry or whatever high school, these uh, laws of thermodynamics, the three laws, basically the laws of what they consider the fundamental laws of the universe is that everything is going to decay, that entropy is its most natural state, quote-unquote. So you, you throw a piece of bread out, it's going to decay, and you know, or we've all seen this. So the laws of thermodynamics don't really fit when it comes to life, um, maybe in the long, long term. But in the short term, there's an energy, there's a power that actually creates order, not disorder, not um, randomness. It creates order, and it creates higher states of manifestation, higher expressions of its innate in, uh, potential. So the seed of a plant has all those codes or the information um, inside the seed and around the seed, in the fields that are surrounding the seed. We'll talk about fields. So love is the power. So I'm including just how nature works, the power to create from a very small seed, you know, some carbon molecules and a couple other things. And and within time, you might see a huge oak tree or a plant or a garden it's an amazing phenomenon that we see all the time. Now, what is, what is relevant to this time of Earth is that those innate fields of intelligence that have been latent are now active for humans, for the hum- human race, for the collective humanity to blossom into something it's never. Has has not recently been the case.
1: Okay, the wait a minute. Of
2: that, all right, good.
1: It, it has been latent, you say. Why is it no longer latent? Why is it available to us? How do we tap into it? It's, that was one question.
2: Are, I think. The seasons are the seasons, and why are you could ask why are there four seasons? You know. And uh, it gets almost philosophical. We can we can look at the phenomenon. Everything, every material, every physical thing has a phase that it is in and that it will go to and it came from. Cycles, right? Cycles. Everything. Right. From,
1: so some, you're saying some, humanity uh, is in this cycle now. Yes. That,
2: because okay. it's, it's uh, yeah, why is it now blossoming? Well... Uh, I, I I don't know other than I see the symptoms, and in my own research, um, the the expressions of love are increasing, even in spite of the terror and the tragedies that we see on the news and we know are happening, maybe even in our own families, and, and this is a, a terrible thing, and we don't want it anymore. We know that something is amiss. Something has to... Uh, be better than especially uh, the cruelty and the abuse and, and those type of phenomenon that is still in humanity. So why, why now? That's, that's a good question. Why now? First of all, it is, it is, uh, uh, I look at it two ways. When a certain quality of a system has, has lived itself adequately, Nature wants it to grow to its next step of evolution. Mm-hmm. Any system. And like I I think I might have started this. So some systems last milliseconds. Other systems last billions and billions of years. But there is there is an innate quality of nature that it's going to move to its next highest level of good or its next phase. Now, in, in, so when the blossom of a rose finishes its blossomly, flowering beauty, then it goes back into the ground. But humanity's not at that place. Humanity is at the bud because we have not experienced the full potential of humanity. It's, it's self-evident because there's still suffering and we know, okay, will there, will there always be suffering? That's maybe a philosophical question. Will there always be suffering? There will be nature changes, natural changes, but I don't believe there will always be suffering. And what I saw in the codes of humanity when I was in my various near-death experiences and what I researched years and years upon years of going back and forth through the death portholes through the, um, the horror, is that I confirmed that the blueprint for not only humans, but for the entire planet, you might even, let me go on, on a limb here, <laughs> but pun <that> intended. The, <laughs> yeah. the, the creative intelligence behind this system, this earth, and the humans and all life, that uh, creator or the creator gods or however we want to formulate it in our limited capacities of our minds had the intention of creating a planet without suffering. And we have not experienced that. So is, is now the time? I believe because of... Um, just history, and the, uh, the, the cries of hum- humans, you might say, the cries of humanity that are suffering uh, is resolved on some level, is the quality of life, the quality of the heart increases, and the um, crazy reasons why war was started in the first place and all of that become uh, less... Viable or less available as options for life on this planet. So I believe that the blueprint of hum- humans include that full capacity for life without suffering. And where we're at on that scale, one of the things that nature also does is that when it takes a quantum shift or a major transformation of form, it increases disorder right before that transformation. So systems start breaking down. So that the um, the the caterpillar is the greatest example of one of the best ones or the ones I the one I like. Because the caterpillar is very, very happy being a caterpillar and it's got the crawly thing and the you know, and it's it's very, very happy. But then the force of nature comes in and says so your time as a caterpillar has is almost up, and it resists. Its nervous system has been created to sustain, survive the environmental uh, threats, sustain the caterpillarness, And so it actually fights this force, wants to stay the caterpillar. The nervous system resists the breakdown, resists the disorder in the cells. It's a real thing. It's not an analogy. And then at some point, the resistance gives way to this higher intelligence. Well, the higher intelligence has the blueprint for the butterfly. We're like caterpillars. We have the blueprint always there, and, but we had to go through our phase of the, the caterpillar, or this phase. Maybe it, the analogy breaks down because caterpillars don't hurt each other. They're not sentient, and they don't have free will. So let's talk about humans. We are sentient. We can self reflect, we have awareness. And we've been praying and crying out for a better life, a better system with with less suffering at least. We and the reason we can even ask that is that we have our sentience, we have our consciousness, and we we have that ability to hope and imagine that it can be better and that actually is linked directly to the blueprint.
1: I want to really get into that blueprint, Robert. It's time for us to go to break. So when we come back, I want to get into talking about the blueprint, which I'm assuming is what you call quantum code. So let's go to break now. We'll be back just in in no time with more with Robert Williams. Uh, So please, please stay tuned. Don't go away. We'll
3: be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you
4: really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions, some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment.
1: Welcome back to the self improvement show. Our guest today is Robert Williams. He's been with us before. I had him back because he really has so much to say uh, about what's happening in the in the on the planet these days and uh, what can be in store for us all for the better. In your book, you talk about the about quantum code. Tell us what quantum code technology is and how you came to find it or find out about it.
2: In one of my, well, in my first near-death experience, which I write about in detail in the book, uh, in one of the dimensions kind of coming back into my body, the symbols, geometries, mandalas, Were just clearly present. It's it was a domain full of symbols, rather than. But these
1: are very. You know, some of these are really rather esoteric uh, and and unfamiliar. Did you have an understanding of them when you saw them when you were in that, in that dimension?
2: I I didn't understand I uh, any more than if. If we haven't been out in nature and or, you know, some kind of weird situation where we finally are free and we get to see the ocean and we get to see the mountains and the trees and the plants, that's like this dimension. And um, so you don't understand it, but you know they're beautiful. You just look around and you see sunsets and, yeah. you know, uh, and, and you are in awe of them. So that was my first... Um, experience in that domain, and by the way, all domains are within each other, so there's no separateness here, it's just, when we talk about it, it gets a little confusing, this versus that, but, so there was a domain full of symbols, or a state of consciousness, where symbols uh, and geometries were were very clear, and I didn't understand them, but I began to research them, found that there are many scriptures that uh, have these geometric relationships in the art, in the ancient art particularly, and um, in natural phenomena. Like I said, the sunset has these certain geometries, the way plants grow. We've all heard about more. Some of us have heard about the Fibonacci series and how plants yeah. grow according to this ratio, the phi ratio. So I learned all that stuff afterwards and and I uh, began to uh, research why I why these symbols are important what what are we why are they even relevant and it's because symbols are are doorways or they're signposts of subtle energy so when we see a certain ratio there's the sunset if we see that sunset or Maybe when you look at a rainbow, we're looking at seven discrete frequencies—the seven colors of the rainbow—and then the different qualities within. You know, the purple becomes more on your side. So all of this is a reflection of ourselves. So those same frequencies, literally of the rainbow the color frequencies, are found in our own psyches, in our own DNA, in our own the way our bodies are made and the way the nervous system is constructed follows the same geometries, the same algorithms, if you will, or the mathematics. Now, I'm not a mathematician or a scientist, but I did work with Bill Tiller at Stanford and many others who are. And we identified 108 geometries or 108 mandalas, each one a little bit different. And we found through literature that they correspond to states of consciousness. And they correspond to, in the Eastern philosophies, the seven chakras. In the uh, Cherokee Indian philosophy, they call them, I just can't remember, but they call them something else. So in different cultures, we're <laughs> okay. names. Sorry about that, folks. I just like I'll look it up. But, Welcome to the crowd of people who forget. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, but the point you know uh, there's many languages and one one heart you know so the uh, the symbols um, are indications of growth potential, so when there is a a symbol that is active or a geometry in nature that is active in this subtle energy is is uh, uh, present in an environment, then the plants can grow. And that, that gosh, I haven't, been, I haven't thought about that in a while. We've all heard that if you talk to your plants, if you love your plants, uh, the plants grow more, right? We, and Grandma... And
1: that's the truth. You know, <laughs> it
2: works. It's, well, it, you know, some people have that... Now, plants don't have uh, nervous systems to hear sounds, so what are they responding to? They're responding to the subtle energy of love. And uh, everything has that. And they've found that bird chirping, if they remove that and they make a synthetic chirp, the plants don't grow as well. It's the subtle energy of the birds and, and, and the sounds of nature that mm-hmm. employ this power of love or this power of evolution to go to its next highest level of expression. So those 108 mandalas, back to that, are fat. They're in our own nervous systems. They're in our, they're part of our chakras. And just like anything, we go through phases. When, uh, when, when we're three years old, our consciousness for most of us is limited. We, we can only uh, conceptualize or we can only have our opinions about reality based on our consciousness at that age when we're older we might have different things that will awaken higher states of consciousness each time it awakens like the rainbow the manifestation at the other end of that awakening has always been available that it, it is now this frequency takes a form and if, uh, it, that reminds me again there's this um, cymatics so, what um, you can go on Google and look under Cymatics, and what they've done is they take sound and they vibrate uh, a, fi- uh, a sand on a on a thin slice of material, and as the sound changes, symbols form in the sand, and as you, the sound goes up or down in tone and frequency, mm, yes. or frequency, the symbols change. So one goes along with the other. So we have these 108 symbols, which are the next highest level of potential for humans. And these qualities of consciousness are based in the heart. They're based in what we call unconditional love. They're not based in the lower, um, previously required human traits of, of survival only. Um, And arguably humans had to learn how to fight for their food or protect their young and kill, you know, animals that were going to eat our children. We, we had to go through those evolutionary, um, those blueprints. We, you know, we had to express those qualities of our humanness during those times, but those are no longer needed. And I don't want to disregard those who are without food and who are suffering. And I, uh, you know, it's a reality, and the uh, ideal or the hope is that the survival basics are met with every human being so that we can enjoy higher states of consciousness without worrying about our next meal or our safety. So that's a different tangent of this conversation. Nevertheless, the blueprints of a higher-functioning human society are now active. They're now radiating out because the seasons, the winter has changed to spring, so the actual field fields of information for the blossoming rose bush become active because of the season. Seasonal Okay,
1: that brings me to this. <clears throat> You're saying that we're coming out of winter, and I'm assuming that things like the hurricanes and flooding, the shootings that, that we had in Las Vegas, the fires that are burning and destroying in California. All of these things are part of winter. Uh, and now we're coming into spring, so we'll see uh, hope. We'll see change for the better. Is this the wrong kind of interpretation of what you said
2: it, it's it's in there, and and I'm humbled by uh, world events, and I'm you know I don't stand uh, rightfully in a position to know um, the details of of phenomenon, but I I have gone through um, the death porthole, and I've and I've seen suffering, and and have suffered my my own body and my own life. So first of all, I'd like to emphasize that suffering is not our fate. It is not our destiny, our ultimate destiny. So the suffering that occurred in Las Vegas and the tragedies because of the weather and hurricanes and all of the things that we know um, are upsetting to us and all the things that are painful, this is, I don't want to dismiss the, the profundity and the horror of such phenomenon. And evolution is, or the forces of nature is not stagnant. And the idea that uh, there are untapped resources of love that we haven't fully utilized yet is a powerful one, and it's a real one for most of us. And what uh, without without giving an excuse for for badness, what we do see though in tragic situation is more expressions of unconditional love, and it brings me to tears. People don't need to be told to help one another when no. we're in tragic situation. We don't have to wonder what's in it for me if somebody is hurt next to us. It is our human condition. There is a hint of our future. It is built in. We will help. We'll even risk our lives to help others. And uh, when somebody's house was burned down or something, um, unless we're completely so wounded that we, we are have lost touch with our feelings, we will help. We don't have to think too long. My next door neighbor is without a house. We will help. And, and more and more, that is becoming a, uh, a common thread of ourselves. And back to, you know, I don't talk politics too often. In fact, you know, it's just not my thing. But I remember, um, and I'm saying this with, with uh, caution, but I'm going to say it anyway. The day after President Trump's inauguration, there were the protests and the women's movement. And the mobilization of that consciousness also brought me to tears because these were folks that were compelled to come together with other like minded people. And it didn't just, wasn't to to women's uh, rights. It was humans that I was in San Francisco and, and the hundreds of, I, can't, I don't know, I'm not good with numbers, but thousands of people perhaps were peacefully protesting and they were also talking about this is not a time for hate this is not a time for us versus them or destruction let's kill them before they kill us this is a time for love and how can love counter that kind of negativity well it's because it's the time for it to do that that's my simple answer
1: Oh, I think that's a wonderful answer. Let me ask you this: You've been working with quantum code. I know you've developed some things um, that are available to to everybody. Actually, tell us about. I have an app on my phone um, that you that you developed called Heart Plus. How do the things that you've created? To, how, how are they going to help? What do they do? How does quantum code that I'm working with in my phone help me and everybody else? That, I mean, that's a, a kind of a wide open sure. question, but you know wh- what's well, the deal here? Question.
2: Okay, so it's modern science, modern technology coupled with ancient, you could say ancient wisdom.
1: Yeah, I, um, I, you know, my whole take on this is, you know, science is now discovering what the mystics have always known.
2: Right, and not only are we discovering what the mystics have already known, we're actually figuring ways to utilize the, these ancient or these eternal truths and uh, employ um, sacred activities. And I, I think um, the app is a good example, because you know cell phones have only been around for what, I don't know, 20 years or something relatively to the human condition. yeah. And uh, it seems to be everywhere <laughs> more and more people are getting cell phones. So, it, so for whatever reason, we have cell phones, and we have media, and we have digital things going on, and so that is a recently. Uh, that's a recent addition to the human society and what um, Professor Tiller and others that I worked with were able to figure out. It's uh, its a bit complicated but everything is a carrier way for something else. So, I used to be a DJ in the early days of my uh, life uh, on KJAZ in Alameda and we played jazz and 90s because I had to remember, this is KJAZ, (laughs) 93.7 on your FM dial, jazz across the bay. Now, 93.7 is just the frequency, 93.7 megahertz.
1: Exactly. on
2: your FM dial, and that's the baseline. That's the one, only one discrete frequency, which was for KJAZ. But as we know, it wasn't just limited to one thing. And I hope this train is not too loud. I didn't think it was going to. So the train it. passing. You can, okay, so the uh, music that's played on 92.7 can be all kinds of music. And then there's carrier waves in the music itself. We hear emotional energies and subtle energies on the music. And it keeps going and going and going. So um, we use the carrier waves of digital um, science. My cell phone can connect with your cell phone. Out of all the whatever billions, probably at least hundreds of millions of cell phones, two phones can isolate themselves out of all those at different frequencies, and all the different airwaves, and, and have a conversation. So we were able to use that existing technology to uh, link any cell phone to uh, our URL that we created and made with People who know how to do that stuff with our field generators, and we're broadcasting those hundred and eight sacred mandalas as on the carrier waves on digital um, mechanics. And so, when you go to the App Store or the uh, Google Store and you type in the Heart Plus app, H-E-R-T plus sign app. You can download this application that links you with with our field generators that are always broadcasting these sacred codes or these mandalas for our higher consciousness, for our and we are already in higher consciousness and we're moving into higher and higher states. And so this app just enhances what's already happening, enhances the good that's already in play. And, And Robert, um, on that
1: note, I hate to say it, but we have to go to break. Um, Everybody, while we're on break, take a look and see if you can get the app Heart Plus. And there's several, so be sure you get the right one. Um, When we come back, we'll give you more um, detailed instructions to get that Heart app. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Robert Williams, saying, Don't go away. We'll be right back with more.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
4: Do you or somebody you love have a struggle with abuse? You don't need to be a slave to your abuse anymore. Listen for Beyond Abuse, Beyond Therapy, Beyond Anything with Dr. Lisa Cooney. Dr. Lisa overcame struggles in her own life. Two decades of sexual, emotional, and physical abuse nearly took their toll. In her 20s, she turned her life around and set upon a path to help others. She can help you find the key to take control of your life, too. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment.
1: Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. My guest today is Robert Williams. We're talking about quantum code technology. And he has a phone uh, app that taps you right into this energy. We were talking about it before the break. Um, let's, let me tell you what I did. There are a number of apps on, on, in the stores called Heart Plus Go to his website, loveisthepower.com, loveisthepower.com, and download it there. And then you get the first, you you get the one that he's talking about. And let me tell you, it will begin to make a difference in your own um, life. And I assume that it's individual, different, uh, individual and unique for each person. But by and large, you'll begin to experience things in a little different way, and that's all I'm going to say. Robert, will you expand on that, please?
2: We all have our unique purposes. No one more or less important. As, as, uh, and the heart app or nature itself enhances our greatest gifts, our, our next highest level of existence. So you don't need the app to be who you are, but it, it helps. And it, 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 we, we like it because it's right in there with all the other technolog- technological things that are surrounding us every day. But also walks in nature and also more, more probably the most powerful thing we can do during this time of Earth is to pay attention to where our attention is, on, is at, is on. So we have that ability to shift our attention around and practice that. So it's so easy to be caught up or to lose ourselves in the news. Um, and, and that's okay from time to time, especially if it's, you know, right happening. We, we don't have time to meditate or self-reflect. We have to take care of business in that moment. But when we do have time, Just ask ourselves, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What's going on? Now, that cannot be answered by the same thought that is being witnessed when you ask that question. What am I thinking? It's like, now we're looking at our thoughts. The only way we can look at our thoughts or witness our emotions is with our hearts. That's where the heart opens, that has its role in our scheme of conditions. It can love, it it can embrace everything that's going on. Our thoughts, our emotions, even our physical pain are like drops in this huge ocean. And they are important and they are powerful in their own right, each drop has all kinds of things Potentially it can do, but as we pay attention to where our awareness is at, it will automatically open our hearts so that that love that we are, that we talked about last week or in the first show and a little bit here, this is not something we have to learn or earn. Certainly not something we have to earn. We have to learn to practice or how to access it, but once we realize it, it it is there. It is an it is the baseline. It's kinda of like the master fish says to his to his fish devotees, Find where the water is and all the fish go scrambling around. You know, it's 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 plenty. <laughs> but we're we're like that. We are looking for something that we are always in and always made of and always are, are essentially that is the reality. We are this love. That's the love on the definition. And the love is not stagnant. It can it can precipitate into a very specific response to an environmental condition to a health need to an emotional need to a relationship need to a uh, anything that is troubling to us, if something comes from the outside, it will resonate with that place in our own hearts. There's no separation at that point. That's where healing can occur. That's where the wounds can be. Uh, the pain can be eased at first and eventually released all together. This is a practice that is also new to humanity, this is something that we can all do, all your... I know everyone in your audience. And believe it or not, 100 years ago, most people could not even ask the question, why am I here, or what what am I thinking? Yeah. Only a very few. So this these are the times for mass transformation. Each one of us has our own radiating infinite potential of love. Infinity always stays infinity, even in a... One small cell. That's the paradox of it all. These are the times that we can remember, put our attention maybe right on our hearts instead of on our, you know, in our heads. You know, when we think too much, put them down there. Feel our hearts as we're holding our infants. Do that with our own beingness. And that, Irene, has power. That is the power of love. And it will affect everything so much with so much more potency and strength than somebody who's thinking a cruel cool thought or who's who's uh, uh, so fear-based that they're closed to love. It will affect it because it's the time. it's the the codes are active.
1: You talk about the one percent when one percent of the people, are tapped into this energy. It's going to bring about a major shift. Maybe I didn't say that correctly, but talk about it's what a, happens yeah. when one percent get it.
2: It's a it's a theory. So, it's a it's a theory. It's yeah. never been proven out, but uh, it has been shown. Um, the TM movement. They did one percent studies where one percent of the population doing meditation, the crime rate was reduced, violence was reduced, and hospital visits were reduced, and they did a lot of research, so that is one example. And then also in nature, and one, one of my favorite ones is, because um, I love uh, the sciences and, and laser beams. we've all heard of laser light, right, laser beams, but we know about a photon, so that's what laser beams are made of, streaming photons. And they are all have the same wave form, so they're all in coherence. All the photons are traveling in the same coherent uh, relationship to each other. When they're in that state of coherence, you have a laser beam 100 million times the power of just these random photons. So when random photons become coherent with each other, begin to resonate with each other with coherence, all that it's required is 1% to resonate with each other in a, in a similar way or in a common wave pattern. And the rest of the 99% of the photons immediately jump up. So to see this in a lab and to hear scientists talk about it, now why, why doesn't it take more than 1% for all the photons to jump up to that strong laser beam from a, a light bulb without that kind of power? Uh, it seems to be a law of nature. That coherence coupled with other systems of the same wavelength or the same consciousness are coupled, it doesn't need to saturate a system for the whole system to change. It just Mm -hmm. needs a small percentage of the system to change and to be coherent in that way, and it'll have an effect. Is Uh, that the same thing as
1: entrainment? You know, when a certain number are, you know, a certain number of clocks even, um, will will entrain to each other. I'm assuming that minds will, hearts will, energies will.
2: Um, yeah, and yeah, two tuning forks. All all of those examples are exactly what we're talking about. And the idea here is that it doesn't take. It takes a minority of of the system's vibrations to be coherent to affect the rest of the system so that's our one percent challenge we're hoping to get 70 million people that know that each other exists and that's another way we can use this app is that um it keeps track of how many people from san francisco versus tokyo are using the app and as the cities approach one percent of of top users, we're looking at crime rate and quality of life indexes, and that's another reason for this app. But I, I, you know, there's other movements and organizations that are doing similar things. We want to unite them all because why? Because it's it's time. We want higher quality of life and 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 love. So um, I didn't I didn't mean I don't mean to say that our our thing is the only thing. Just just the
1: opposite no but but together you know it it seems yeah. that together this entrainment can not just begin but mature and begin to make the changes we want to see so you know we, we won't have the shootings and maybe we won't have so much anger or, and all of the things we're experiencing on the planet today um illness some of the serious illness that results
2: from stress once once consciousness reaches a certain point i want to get this in before the show's over you cannot act on a, a negative thought when you're in a certain state of consciousness you might have the thought hurt that person or do something that first of all the thoughts wouldn't be your own but you would not act on it you're in that state of consciousness at a next level of consciousness You you don't even have the thoughts. Your vibrations are
1: not able
2: to have a negative thought. And once that happens collectively for all of humans, then we'll see that quantum, sudden shift. And maybe
1: no more war. We're right up now to the end of the show. So I'm going to ask you, what's the thought want to leave with our listeners today as if you hadn't given us a lot to think about already what's the thought
2: our intuition that life can be better is not a futile one it it is programmed that's why you have that intuition that's why we strive for betterment and so one of the beautiful laws of nature is gratitude be grateful for your own intuition. Be grateful for your own love. Be grateful for the love that you've received from others. And that will magnify that power. And so my last thought, if, if you insist, would be to be grateful in this moment. Because that unleashes this power of love even more than uh, what's all automatically happening during this time.
1: Yeah, and the things that you're grateful for don't have to be immense. You know, I, I always think, you know, how grateful I am for breath. You know, that's a great place to start with gratitude. Um, I, I, I'm grateful for sunsets and sunrises. You know, I, I get really simple with my gratitude. But I couldn't agree with you more, Robert. I thank you so much coming back and being with us again today. I I appreciate your work and what you're doing and I encourage everybody to get that app uh, Heart Plus. Uh, Thank you so much.
2: Irene, it's been such a pleasure, such a joy. Thank you and all your listeners, thank you so much.
1: I even hate to say goodbye, but this is Irene Conlon with my guest, Robert Williams, saying thank you so much for being with us today. Come back again next week for more of The Self-Improvement Show.
0: Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for The Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here.